You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. God is good. Amen. Amen. How many people sense a lift, something shifted in the spirit? You sense that? Yeah. We fight. Our passivity is what has given the enemy advantage. Yeah. Our passivity gives him advantage. I bind every religious spirit. In the name of Jesus. You religious spirits, you're not welcome here. I bind you. I bind you. In the name of Jesus. Lose your grip over God's people. Thank you, Father. Give you praise. Give you glory. Amen. God is good. Are you ready for the word? Or you want to go home? I can release you to go home. Or if you want the word. If you want the word, say yeah. If you want to go home, say nay. Say yeah. <laughs> if you don't want the word, say nay. Okay. So then the year has, has got it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Glory, glory. Father, we thank you. We bless your name this morning. Thank you for your word, which is spirit and is life. I thank you. I communicate the oracles of God this morning. Let your word come with clarity. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with you on what I call love, dot, dot, greatness of stature. Okay? Love, greatness of stature. So it's an aspect of love we want to deal with, which has to do with greatness of stature. Last week, we were talking about fullness of stature. How many people appreciate that message? Have you started applying it in your life? So, greatness. If you want to be great. How many people want to be great? Or maybe you are humble, you don't want to be great. We understand. If you are humble, you don't want to be great. Just raise your hand. You know, we will appreciate you. You mean you all want to be great? Huh? Are you sure you want to be great? Amen. All right. Yes. So you want your stature to be great as well. You know, there are some people that are great before men, but before God, they are of small stature. There are some people who are great in the eyes of men. But before God, 
They have not even started. So we want greatness that will be relevant for eternity. How about being great? Even, even after you are gone, you are, your greatness keeps increasing. Yeah. There's a kind of greatness that will never fail. And that's what we're dealing with. Greatness of stature. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. In Matthew 22, I want us to read from verse 36. Matthew 22, 36. This is an interesting passage, which we, if you've been reading your Bible, you have come across this. So in Matthew 22, let's read from, okay, let's read from 34, I'll say, from 34, it says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. You see, there was always competition between the Sadducees and the Pharisees in those days. Because the Pharisees were more, they believed more in the supernatural. Okay? They believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. So, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, he had answered them in a way that they, couldn't, they had no, nothing to say. And Jesus was so good, so full of wisdom, <laughs> that he would silence anyone. Okay. So, they came to him. Then, one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question. Testing him. So they came. So the Sadducees, you guys, I know where to trap this guy. You guys, <laughs> you couldn't, but I know how to get him. So he asked him a question, testing him and saying, verse 36. Look at verse 36. He says, teacher, <laughs> which is the great commandment of the law? Which is the great commandment? All right? And Jesus answered and said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. All right? He says, This is the first and great commandment. Hallelujah. This is the first and great commandment. So when I say greatness of stature, all right, this is the root of it. This is the root of greatness. Greatness of stature is located in this passage. So he says this is the first how many people remember when we did the teaching on protons? Now, if you don't remember, go and look for it. 
Go and find it and listen to it. Okay? So the word first here in the Greek is proton. All right? And proton, those of you that did physics know that this is the positive charge. Hallelujah. This is the positive charge. This is, this is the proton of God. All right? This is the proton of greatness. The proton of greatness is located in this passage. So, this is, Jesus is giving us some serious insights here. And the word great here, if you go to the original, somebody say mega. mega. Hallelujah. So this is the mega proton. So this is the proton of protons. This is where it's located. So when you talk about great, is mega. So when you combine proton and mega, oh my goodness. And then it's now builds into your stature. You become great and powerful. Full of energy. Full of God's electric charge. Hallelujah. Full of God's positive charge. So in every situation you enter, your stature will explode whatever needs to be exploded. It will break whatever needs to be broken. Hallelujah. But that is located in love. <laughs> and not just any kind of love. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Okay? With all your soul and with all your mind. If you want to be great, let your love for God be great. Do you get my point? Yeah. Any other greatness that is not tied to loving God is fading away. It's going to fade away. But the love that will last for eternity, in other words, after a million years, you have just begun. That's where it is. That's where it's located. So you have to make sure you fight anything that contends with your love for God. Because anything that fights your love for God is fighting your greatness. Anything that fights your love for God is fighting your stature. Anything that fights the love of God in your life is fighting your positive charge. Your protons is fighting your protons. Yeah. So you need to contend. I'm ready to contend. I don't know about you. I'm ready to fight. Whatever will fight and compete with God's love in my heart needs to be dealt with brutality. No mercy for anything that will come between you and God. Don't even accommodate it. Fight it. Give it your best fight. Hallelujah. 
And Jesus says, and the second is like it. He says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything that has been prophesied. There is none greater than this. Everything that has been written. There is none greater than this. So the Pharisee, oh my goodness, they now saw that there is no way we can trap this guy. Because he blew their minds. He blew their minds. And so if you want to be great, pay attention to these verses. If you want power, if you want to walk in power, pay attention to this. If you want to walk in the miraculous, if you want to walk in the supernatural, pay attention to this. And it will shock you at how this links to every supernatural move of God. It's amazing. When you think about that, it's incredible. Let's read that Again, verse 30, from verse 37, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And you must pay attention to every word in this passage. With all your heart, not part of your heart. I'm convinced that most of our problems, most of our issues, most of our failures... Most of our inability to experience the things of God can be traced to some of this. Can be traced to this passage. Can be traced. So during worship, the Lord began to download certain things. I was writing them as fast as I could on my phone. As we were saying it, I got like I was able to list within that time 22 things that <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a fast download and fast, fast scribe as well. It's, it's not all. That's what time could permit me to write. Okay? 22 things that you can look at to assess your stature. Amen. Amen. To assess your stature so far as this passage is concerned. So you want to know how am I? You see, it's not how much anointing you're operating that determines your greatness. Anointing has nothing to do with greatness. Anointing is just an endowment. Okay? There are many people. Remember Jesus said that there's going to come a time that on the last day some will come to him. We, we cast out demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart from me. So in other words, we were anointed. We operated in power in your name. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. So the greatness that they experience because of that anointing is fading away. 
It's of no eternal relevance. And so because of that, they are going to be, Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. But you cannot tell your lover that you don't know your lover. How many people get what I'm saying? Yeah, you, 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 you can't deny it. You've, you've, you've had moments of intimacy, so you can even refer back. But there wasn't anything like that. But there was anointing. There was manifestation. There was power. So what's going to happen? So don't be carried away by manifestations. Don't be carried away by display of power. Don't be carried away by just people that are able to show certain great things. That's not the true measure of greatness. That's not a true measure of greatness. <laughs> yeah. So, if you want to, if you want to measure your greatness, there are certain questions, okay, that you need to ask yourself. Number one, what is my attitude, or what is my attitude towards the lost? Unsaved. People that don't know Jesus. How? How do I see them? How do I respond to them? How do I relate with them? What am I doing about that? If you truly love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and you love your neighbor as yourself, it will reflect in how you respond. You get my point. Why? Because you love God, so what matters to Him is going to matter to you. Now, you love your neighbor, and because you love your neighbor, excuse me, because you you love your neighbor, you are going to do something about it. So, I, I can say this confidently. That all of us, our love for God is not at the level that it should be. Myself included. Without contradiction, I can say that confidently. We don't love him enough. And we ought to. Yeah. Because if we love him enough, there are certain things that nobody needs to tell us to do. We will just be doing it. You don't need anybody to stir you up. To do certain things. You will do it. You will care that people are perishing. You will care that people are going to hell. Because hell is a place. It's a real place. And I know, and I know many times we don't, we don't hear people preaching about hell. But I'm telling you, Jesus talked about hell a lot. Yeah. And I know there are doctrines that speak against it, but, you know, or against our fundamental understanding of what Jesus said about hell. There are people that even teach that God is so loving that he cannot send people to hell. I mean, I'm talking about bishops teaching this kind of thing. Yeah? 
So God loves everybody. But you, you see, when you don't have a balanced understanding of love, that's when you can talk like that. It's like saying you love your child so much that you won't correct them, you won't discipline them. Are you that kind of parent? I hope you're not. I hope you discipline your children when they deserve to be disciplined. I hope you correct them. I hope you're not afraid to correct your your child. You correct them. And sometimes correction requires discipline. Okay. Okay, so in my giving, if I love God, it will show in my giving. Correct? How do I how do I respond? What is what is what am I what what how do I measure my giving? Do you give only out of convenience? If you give out of convenience, it's to show that it is just the level of your love. The level of your love will reflect in your giving. You need to be manipulated before you give. If you need to, then you don't really love him. If you really love him, you, nobody should even, because when you love, no, you don't need to be told what to do for who you love. Am I correct? Yeah. You love someone, you, 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 you don't need any formula, any giving formula. <laughs> you see, you don't need it. But the reason why people need to be cajoled, and, 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 and that's why we don't, we don't, we just tell you, okay, it's time to give. And we say, this is a confession. Why are we not preaching about giving? Not because it's unbiblical to do that. And maybe at some point we'll do a series on that so you understand properly. But I'm telling you, it's out of, out of your heart, out of your love for God, that you would give. You would give. Amen? What about my commitment? In your commitment, your love will be, will be seen in your commitment. What are you most committed to? That is what you love the most. So if you say, I love God, and you're not committed to God, there's a question. It's a lie you're saying. Do you get my point? And you want to be great. You want to enter into the protons. <laughs> Mega proton. And you don't pay attention to that. You better question yourself. Check yourself. Hallelujah. Yeah. So commitment is a part of it. Imagine someone say, I love you, I love you, you know. <laughs> and then there's no commitment. Hmm? Married people? Or those of you that are courtship, whatever. Relationship. And say, oh, I love you. But, you know, I'm not committed. I mean, I'm, yeah, my commitment is just broad. 
come on. I, I love you. Yes, I love you. But I love, you know, everybody in the same way. Huh? <laughs> Lucia, you will, I mean, I, you will understand. Are you sure? Because Fushani loves you. But his love is so much. He can't, he just has to like spread it. Is, is that? He wouldn't even dare. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah. So the kind of commitment he gives you has to be different. Come on. Yeah. Obviously he's supposed to love everybody. Okay, because love his neighbor as himself, but in the context of relationship, he cannot. So in the context of relationship with God, how is your commitment to him? Mm. Yeah, just look straight. Nobody will know. That I'm talking about you. Yeah? Yeah. What about in our fellowship? Yeah? Somebody once said, fellowship is fellows in the same ship. Okay? In our fellowship. In our fellowship. How? How many people shared the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the what? Sweet fellowship. They even add sweet. Sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So that's koinonia. So how is your koinonia? Your fellowship. It's not just with your brothers, but what about with the Godhead? How is your fellowship with the Godhead? You see? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And we need all three. Correct? Yeah. So, what about in our worship? Somebody say worship. Yeah. Your love for God will tell. It shows in your worship. Worship is is your devotion. Do you have a problem worshiping God? And when I say worship, I'm not just talking about singing songs. Although that's part of it. Worship has to do with giving him his worth. It's from the old English word, worthship. So you're giving him his worth. Are you, are you giving God his worth? Or are you just giving him what you feel like giving him? You want to be great? You better be a great worshiper. One of the things that made David the greatest king that Israel has ever had was his worship. Hallelujah. Yeah. His worship. So make no mistake. When we talk about loving God, all these things, they are part of loving him. Because the world is so confused today, the world talk about love, love, love. <laughs> Haven't you noticed it? 
But the world, the, love is the most misunderstood word in human existence. So far as I'm concerned. Because everybody talks about it. And nobody knows what it is. Okay. So what is your attitude to the word of God? It shows. Your love for him shows in how you relate to his word. How you respond to his word. Is his word something that just, ah, just boring to you? Maybe Instagram is better than the word to you. Hmm? Or whatever it is, whatever social media that you consume. Your attitude to God's word. God pays attention to our attitude to his word. Do you know that? It talks about those who tremble at his word. He takes those people serious. That's what the Bible says. So when you read his word, do you see it as the word of God or do you just see it as just a book? That's why the devil is confusing people. People are saying all kinds of things, all kinds of criticisms against the Bible and all of that, against the Word of God. Why? Because they know if they can attack your commitment, your love, and your devotion to His Word, then they have been able to reduce your greatness. Do you still want to be great? Alright. So pay attention to these things. Mm. Your attitude to the Word. What about your attitude to correction? Come on. <laughs> Him that the Lord, Lord loves, he will chastise. If, he, if God does not correct you, then you are doomed. It's only those that he loves that he would correct. And correction is even different from chastisement. Because chastisement has to do with discipline. So, what is your attitude to discipline as well? <laughs> so, sometimes, I don't want to go into certain scriptures because I'm just giving you this point. Alright, what is your attitude towards missions? What's your attitude towards missions? Do you know we all have the great commission? We have all been given the great commission. It says go into all the world. We have all been commissioned to go. What is your attitude to that? What is your attitude to missions? Do you support missions? We are going to give, we are going to give you opportunities to support missions. Okay? In the new year. We're going to give you opportunities to do that in a more structured way. Hallelujah. What's your attitude to missions and to missionaries and to people who are out there in the field? What is your attitude to that? That matters to God. 
So you either, you, you, you pray, you give, and you go. So sometimes you cannot go, but those who are going, what is your attitude towards those who are going? God is looking out for that. So our love for God will reflect in that. Hallelujah. The next point, what's your attitude towards the poor? The poor. Those that lack. What is your attitude towards them? You love God, right? You want to be great, right? You want greatness of stature. You better pay attention to the poor. Because the Bible says, he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord. And don't just sit on your high horse and say, these people are poor because they are lazy. Somebody once said that. And he had a serious backlash. Yeah. So, well, you know, these people, they're poor because they're not working hard. All these black people that have no, that, you know, they're just, they're just lazy. That's why they're poor. Hello. That's not why. There's a lot of injustice that makes people poor. Do you understand? There are people who are working hard and their hard work is still not producing because a system has been put in place to restrict them from accessing resources. What are you talking about? Yeah. God is going to judge our systems. I'm telling you. I pray for that to come quicker. Every unjust system May God release fire to judge those systems. I know people who work extremely hard and yet they have nothing to show for it. Why? Because of the systems that have been put in place. The structure that the society has been engineered. Poverty is artificial. There's no reason why anybody should be poor in the midst of abundance. Do you understand? That's why we need to pray and trust God for leaders that will rise up and re-engineer the entire system. Receive, God will give them vision, give them inspiration to change the entire system. It's not working. It's not working. BEE is not working. Change it. Change it to something that works. May God give them wisdom. Let's pray for God to download wisdom. Download a template. Hallelujah. That will break the backbone of poverty. Instead of just joining the bandwagon to say things that you don't know. You don't, you don't understand. don't understand economics. You don't understand leadership. You don't understand systems and structures. You just speak and parrot what people are saying in the media. What's your attitude? Do you love God? And do you love your neighbor? Ask yourself. And you'll be careful how you talk. 
Amen? Yes. What's your attitude towards your enemies? So I'm, I'm talking about, I mean, you shouldn't have enemies, but some people make themselves your enemies. Okay? So what is your attitude toward them? Your love for God and your greatness will reflect in your attitude towards them. How about that? <laughs> I remember years ago, I mean, I've shared some of these, some stories with you. I mean, I knew that there was somebody that was out to kill me and my family. And the person who was coming to church was sitting there every Sunday. And I knew this person is on a mission. But then I have to still continue to walk in love towards this person. And still pray and declare certain things. <laughs> yeah. Until the day God exposed her. No? By supernatural dealings. When an angelic visitation, angelic appearance to one of her proxies says, you're going to die. So how many people know if an angel appears to you and tells you you are going to die, it's not a threat. It is not a threat. It's a real situation. It's a real life situation that requires immediate action. You understand? Yeah. The angel appeared to her and said, you are going to die. Your only hope is if he prays for you. And she comes and says, oh, pastor, pray for me. I don't want to die. Who told you you are going to die? No, you shouldn't die. No. He says, no. I'm going to die, please. And she knelt down before my wife and I. Please, pray for me. I don't want to die. I said, why would you die? Then she said, an angel told me that if you don't pray for me, I will die. I said, no. Why would the angel appear to you and tell you that? What is going on? There is more to it. You are not telling me. Yes. Huh? And she resisted. I said, if you don't tell me, I'm not going to pray. And she held my leg. Oh, please. And she was crying. I said, no. You must tell me the truth. And if you tell me a lie, God will tell me. So tell me the truth. You know what she said? She said, we've been trying to kill you. Ah. <laughs> now you're talking. I said, who are the we? Again, a pause. I said, ah, Selah. Let's pause also. No prayer. <laughs> the truth must come out. <laughs> yeah. Some people think witchcraft is not real. I'm telling you, it is real. I've experienced it. We don't talk about a lot of things, but it is real. So I'm just saying you something that this, there are people that have made themselves your enemies. And sometimes God shows you. Sometimes God makes you to know what's going to be your attitude. That's what we're talking about. You want to be great. You better watch your attitude to many things. Because it affects, it will impact on your greatness in the spirit. 
That's why some people are untouchable. That's why demons, they know they cannot come close to certain people. They cannot touch certain people. But they know there are people that are easy to touch. The same blood of Jesus has been shed for us. But how come the devil has more access to certain people than to other people? You get my point? Yeah. Time is going. Let me just rush up. What is your attitude towards hardship? (laughs) Yeah. What's your attitude? I've shared my story many times. When the Lord said to me, as a good soldier of Christ, endure hardship. Does that affect your commitment and your relationship with God? I remember one time, there was a time that our children couldn't go to school. They were out of school for two years because we couldn't afford school fees. Yeah. It was a trial, trial, intense trial. Somebody else will look at that and say, God has departed from him. And of course, people have said all kinds of things about us because of some of our trials. They don't know. May God forgive them. They know not what they do. They know not what they say. Yeah. And my wife was speaking to the Lord. The Lord my wife said to the Lord, Lord, even if our children will not go to school again, our commitment to your work and to your call has not changed. Yeah. And that's how, that's, that's how it has been. We've gone through hell and we're back and we're still standing. But, but you see, you, are, you, 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 you need to have the right attitude when you are going through stuff. The children of Israel in hardship had the wrong attitude. And so they couldn't enter the promised land because of their attitude. It was God's will for them to go through the wilderness. I told someone that he was going through a wilderness experience and he thought I was missing the plot. And was making fun of me for saying that. Going around saying all kinds of things about me because I say you are going through a wilderness. Well, you won't come out of that wilderness. That attitude, unless you change, you will be dead till you die. That's how it works. That's how God works. He is loving. He loves you so much that he won't spare you the wilderness. That's that's his love. Why? Because it's building character in you. Because it's building the stature that he wants in you. And he loves you too much. He wants to build and make you who he has called you to be. Hallelujah. So, what's your attitude towards the pain of others? I don't want to just open scriptures for all this, but um, trust me, they're all biblical. Yeah. Your, the pain of others. When somebody else is in pain, oh, good for her. Oh, are you that kind of person? Do you celebrate when people are in pain?
Hallelujah. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Should I stop? How many have I given you? Yeah. Thirteen. Discipline and chastisement are two different things. Oh, no, I mean correction and discipline are two different things. So that Thank you, Jesus. You can correct somebody without disciplining them. Okay? It's when the person doesn't take correction that discipline comes. All right? Yeah. So I've given you 13. Maybe we should stop here. I'm looking at the time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless your name. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you. Thank you. Whatever limits our capacity to love you, Lord, I ask that you would remove from our lives in the name of Jesus. Help us to love you deeply. Help us to love you as we should. Whatever, Lord God, limits our capacity to love our neighbor as we should. Help us, O oh God. Mighty God. Mighty God. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Let love be released in this house. You have already shared your love abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We have it already within us. But we must learn to walk in it. We must learn to begin to manifest it. We must learn to apply it. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will teach us. Teach us. Teach us, Lord. My Lord and my God, help us not to be confused by the world. By the worldly patterns. By the worldly dictates. Especially with all the mess. The confusion that the world is in at this time. Getting darker in the world. But let it be brighter. In the church. Let it be brighter in our lives. Let it be brighter in our homes. Let it be brighter oh God. In the name of Jesus. I rebuke every darkness. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. I give you glory. Mighty God. Now, if you're in this place and you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand. I'll pray for you. You want to get born again? I'll pray for you. And that includes those watching online as well. Say this after me. Say, God, I thank you for sending Jesus. You love me so much that you sent Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart. 
and I confess with my mouth that He is Lord. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me a brand new person. Cause me to love what you love and to hate what you hate. Remove every seed of the enemy. Every seed of Satan in my heart. Remove it right now. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I want to love you as I should. Help me. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for those people, everyone that has prayed this prayer. I declare your kingdom over them. Let your kingdom come. Lord, I declare the new creation realities to begin to manifest in their lives. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you real good. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.